Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value, cactus included, on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 through the fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co host of the G Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday on 105 through the fan. And you can catch him on the Dallas Cowboys pre and post game show where he serves as the co host. Brian, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Robert. Happy uh, playoff week, right? Getting closer, closer, and closer. Yes, excited. Other than the Dallas game, which game are you the most excited for? Um, that's a good question. The Minnesota Giants game is kind of a bore. I think the uh, I think San Francisco is going to run Seattle. Baltimore is not going to beat anybody without Lamar Jackson. So. Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, maybe the Buffalo game. Maybe. I mean, honestly, like I think Dallas Tampa is the the draw of the weekend. I, I don't think there's anything else really close. I can't get you interested in Jacksonville and the Chargers. Yeah, yeah young quarterback. Those two quarterbacks going at it. Yeah, that that's a that's a that's an intriguing one, especially with the way the Jacksonville's played the end of the week or at the end of the series. So. I mean, it makes sense. The four and five games are generally going to be the most competitive, attractive ones because uh, they're the ones most closely seated together. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm not I'm not totally looking forward to uh, what Tuesday morning may look like if this football team loses. That's going to be a uh, a dreary day. Um, but you know, I, I I like Dallas's chances in this one. I've watched a little bit of Tampa. Uh, went back, watched a little bit of the first game against Dallas, uh, saw some of the Arizona game recently, and I'll keep watching Tampa over the next 24 hours. But I know you've gotten a, a good sense. Which games of uh, Tampa have you have you studied this week? I watched Cincinnati. I watched the Dallas game, and I watched the 49ers game is what I did. I was trying to figure out a way. Cincinnati was down 17 nothing first half of that game. And it looked like the Tampa was going to cruise. And then all of a sudden, Tampa started. They had a, a muffed uh, fake punt. They had an interception. 
They had a Brady fumble. They had a, a running back fumble. They, you know, they, it's amazing what happened to to Tampa in the second half of that football game. And so, and I was curious, the 49ers just, just ran them. I mean, if you look at, I was curious to see how San Francisco was going to run the ball and what they were able to do with McCaffrey and those kinds of things. And then with Debo, you're always looking for like, when you watch San Francisco, you're always looking for like creative ways to run the ball and mm-hmm. what effects. So, and then, like you said, I went back and watched uh, the Dallas game just to get an idea. Dallas went away from the run in that game, you know, with with Zeke was averaging, you know, 5.2 a carry. Uh, I felt like they had some good momentum going there. They just went away from it. You know, Dak was then throwing the ball in some crowds. Then he threw the ball, the interception, the windfield. Defense got put in a lot of bad situations, made the Buccaneers have to kick field goals. You know, that's kind of what that game was all about. So, yeah, this will be uh, – Dallas has got to figure out a way, and you've heard me say this before, Bobby, you got to figure out how to run when you need to pass, and you got to figure out how to pass when you need to run. Mm-hmm. I think that it's this one's going to be about Kellen Moore and against Todd Bowles and how he calls this game. And can you find a way to and I and I, I think this is a game for Mike McCarthy just because I, I this could go a couple ways. Tampa doesn't score a lot of points. Okay. No. If you're Mike McCarthy, do you play the game in a manner where Tom Brady's on the other sideline over there? And so you have to call the game in a different way, where you mean you go for fourth down at certain points in time, you know, is there, you know, or is this a game where kicking field goals like Cincinnati did added up enough to where it got them the lead and ultimately got them the victory there? Do, do How do you play this game? I think because of Brady in the playoffs, I think I play this game a little unconventionally when I talk about how to manage the game. You know, that's, that's kind of something I – I was I was thinking like okay are you going to give him the ball at the end of a game in a tie game or a close game no but I think I would I I think I would be okay if McCarthy took some took some chances in this game in order to try and and get some scores and and kind of make this a, a thing where a game or the type of game where uh, you know one score at the end doesn't beat you I'll tell you going back and watching. The first game of the season, I was reminded, and I had forgotten about it. I mean, there are a couple different things that are different about this team, but I, I forgot just how rough of a first game that was for Terrence Steele. Yeah, and, and oh, how the, the motion penalties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was bad. How much better it got as the the year wore on. But when you look back at that first game, we'll talk enough about Tampa. But what what stands out to you, or what did you forget? Um, I guess what just stands out to you specifically about the way the Cowboys looked in week one versus what this team is now. Is there anything about them that you said, boy, that was something that's just radically different about them in week one that, that they really improved on? Or or was there anything? Did it look basically like the same team and it just had an off day? I think perimeter run defense has actually gotten better. You know, and and, and I think in week one, you had Dorrance Armstrong making a start, you know, no Randy Gregory and all. 
I think the Buccaneers took advantage of some stuff going on on that edge, whether it's Dorrance Armstrong, whether it was the linebacker play, whether it was running the ball at Diggs. I still think there's issue running the ball at Diggs for the Cowboys, but I yeah. kind of tr- I kind of trust what Dorrance Armstrong is doing. No Hankins in that first game. If you can control the middle, and that will allow if that can allow, and I and I'll tell you what, Oso Digizwa played. I thought played pretty well in that game. And he's played well the last – I mean, he played well against the Commanders yep. as well. So, I get Osa, Hankins, Vanderesh, and I get Wilson. In that game, how I don't remember how late Curse got hurt, but I remember Wilson going into that game and stuff like that, them having to deal with that. So, to me, I think you're better defensively now than you were – in that first game when, and I mean defensively as far as dealing with what they're going to do with White or Fournette running this football. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. How how improved does Tyler Smith look from week one to now? I think it's I think he's pretty much I think he's the same guy. I there's times where Tyler Smith looks like he totally gets it and he's on point. And then there's those other times where he gets buckled. And I'll say this when you grade offensive linemen, you know it is, Bobby. Grade all 65 plays. Don't grade the one or two or three plays that he might have there back. Now, yep. the thing you don't want to have happen is the one or two, three plays. You don't want those to be the game-killing plays. You don't want that to be. Now, you didn't have Tyron Smith, but where, what Tyron Smith are you going to get this game? You know, is yeah. it is this the game where all of a sudden everything kind of comes together for Tyron Smith and he looks good on the right side over there? You know, because he hasn't looked great and there hasn't been very good continuity with him and Martin running the ball to that side with also those those tight ends over there. So I'm there's so many things. We you had so many questions in week one with the offensive line. You still have a lot of questions still. At least everybody with you know with Biotis practicing full on Thursday, uh, that gives me the hope that everybody's going to get to go back to their normal spot when we get to Monday night. Yeah, I think that it, it should look, I, I mean, relatively normal. You've still got Tyron Smith there at the right side and, and playing in that spot. What's your sense? Because this is the question I've been kicking around this week is, are you seeing a washed Tyron Smith? Or are you seeing a guy who's struggling with the right side? Is there any is there any chance that improves if they say, hey, let's let's do something wild. Let's move him back over to left. Let's figure out Tyler Smith on the right or do this. Or is it just you think if he was over on the left side, the, the struggles probably look the same? I, I, I can't say that for certain. Uh, there have been some snaps where Tyron Smith has not looked as good sustaining blocks as he has in the past. I, I think the pass, the pass protection stuff is still solid. The run blocking stuff to me is where I think that the footwork, 
the angles, the hand placement. I think that's been a struggle for him. And the cutoff blocks, having to step hard, having to make sure I've got to get my head across this guy, working with Zach Martin, that hasn't been as clean as I thought it was going to be. So I, I, I'll admit I have yet, I have yet to be right about what's happened at right tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Because I kind of felt like that Tyron Smith would plug and play and they would be okay. And he's been just okay. He hasn't been Tyron Smith Hall of Fame player. And where we might be right now is there might be a couple of guys in this game on Monday night that are maybe to the end of their careers and they're going to have to play big games. And that's Tyron Smith, but it's also you're looking at uh, Xavier Rhodes. You know, Xavier Rhodes is a guy that probably is going to be active in this football game and is probably going to have to play pretty big for you when he gets that opportunity. So, you know, we might be looking at a couple of guys. Uh, We'll see what happens with Jason Peters if he has to play. But I kind of feel like that with Tyron Smith, I am hoping, I'm hoping you could just, if this thing turns into a four-game run, then I'm hoping for the best there. But they're starting to, you're starting to see the, the little bit of the slippage there. Where do you think Tampa Bay is most vulnerable for Dallas to attack with the offense? Is this a game where uh, Dallas is is going to have some trouble running the ball? I know that's been the the discussion the last two times they've played them is how difficult running the ball will be. Vita Vea is supposed to be healthy and ready to go in this one. Yeah. Um, he He's somebody, obviously, that can challenge things a great deal. Um, or, or is the way to attack Tampa Bay here is just through the air and, and trying to take advantage of things there. What's the the recipe for success on offense? I think it's going to be about, to me, where they appear to be the most banged up right now is in the secondary with Carlton Davis, Logan Ryan, Mike Evan, uh, Mike Edwards. Excuse me. They seem to be a little bit dealing with that. Keanu Neal's been a little bit nicked up. Uh, we'll see how Monday night plays for all these guys. But running the ball, I believe, is going to be more about perimeter. And I say perimeter is that if you could find a way to take advantage of the pin and pull stuff, you know, those linebackers can really run for the Buccaneers. So I don't know if I want to sit there and just to keep attacking the middle of the field. Edge run, edge run. The more success you could have edge run and make it quick to the edge and then around, the wider you're going to get Tampa to have to play. So if you have some success with some edge runs, then all of a sudden that defense is going to stretch. And when the defense stretches, that's when you take the opportunity to have to to, to run the ball inside and pop some of those runs that you, you know, you're going to need during the game. But me personally, I kind of feel like that if Tampa's going to play off if I see their if I see their corners playing back, I'm throwing the football. I'm throwing the football. I'm making make as quick as I can, get the ball out. You know, those quicker route those adjust those routes where they adjust uh, the what we call the option route stuff like that. That to me, I kind of feel like that's where Dallas could make some hay. But I think they're going to have to run the ball. I I, I think they're going to have to run the ball in a way where they get Dak Prescott running the ball. And so if all of a sudden we get through the the first quarter of the game and Dallas has say got 40 yards rushing or you know something like that man that's going to bode very well for them I think going long term in that football game 
Did you notice anything on Ta- the few games I was watching, especially the the ones later in the season? Do you notice anything on tape with Tampa struggling to finish tackles? I I, I watched a they lot of they, 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 other than Winfield, other than Winfield, they, that's that's kind of they in the San Francisco game they didn't tackle well at all, and that includes their linebackers, you know. And usually, you know, when you start to talk about you know with White and David and those guys, they usually tackle pretty well. But they they struggled in that game, and they got blocked in that game. You know, down linemen got blocked. Linebackers got blocked. When they had a chance to make tackles. They missed some tackles. I don't think that Carlton Davis particularly wants to tackle much in these games. But, yeah. but the one thing – and Keanu Neal, we've, we all know Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal, when he plays, he could be a little bit of a liability, you know, when it comes to that. Uh, I, I think he's a, you know, a good dude and all that. But he could be a little bit of liability now tackling and getting over, much like we've seen with Anthony Barr. You know, same kind of thing, same type. But I, I think Winfield would be the best tackler that they have in the secondary. Yeah, and even the game I watched, I think Winfield missed two tackles uh, in, in, in the Cardinals game specifically. I saw Logan Ryan miss some, and you're right, yeah. the linebackers too. Uh, it look it just it looks like it's been a little bit of a struggle for them, but we'll we'll have some more uh, to talk about with the Buccaneers and and what they're doing uh, for for Monday when we come back with another one. I, I want to kind of take a a dive off into the discussion about what's on the line for Dallas specifically and for guys on the Cowboys specifically as they head into the playoffs. You're listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.